In a world where a millennial and a non-millennial make a podcast. Live from the Thailand studios in beautiful downtown North Hollywood, it's the Me and Marcus Show. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Hump day. Get over that hump. Happy International Day of the Female Orgasm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go into that, but I I wish that was every day. I wish that was every day. I'm so... I can't even believe that that's the national holiday for today. Why is that fall on Wednesday? Hi, I'm seven. <laughs> that falls on 8-8, eight, eight, by the way. Yeah. 8-8-18 eight, eight, is... You know what? I, I, I really celebrate that. And mm. that's not from a 53-year-old pervy fucking point of view. It's like... Get your wife. Let's remember this, folks. Remember this day and try to make it every day. Fellas, get your girlfriend, get your wife, and celebrate that shit. That's right. We say girlfriend and wife, not your fucking mistress or your one that you're cheating on. I don't back that. No. It's not kind. Although I I used to be a cheater, but then I woke up on a lot of levels and I realized what a scumbag I was. And And the moral of this is your actions have effect on other people. Yes. And what you're putting out is coming back, so... You could pretend to be the victim on some shit that you've pulled, guys, and blame her. I hear guys doing that. Well, that, that bitch this and that bitch that. It's like, dude, don't. First of all, don't say, don't right. call a woman bitch in front of me ever. Uh. Uh-uh. I put people, I put dudes in check immediately when they call women anything except for women or girls or whatever. Right. But when I hear like, oh, she this, she that, it's like, dude, you you attracted that into your life. Take responsibility. I think you're going to like this one. August 8th is the date to create. God, these are great days. Oh, that's, yeah. And let's face it, two orgasms help so you. Far. Orgasms help you create. It gets it you brings in a creative a mindset. It sort of does. It kind of opens up some divinity. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Good days. National, I back them both. National Dollar Day. Because when you create, you get that money. And when get you that get that dollar. money... You get that girl first. First you got the girl. First you got the money. First then you got the. What is it? Sorry, I haven't seen Scarface <laughs> in a long time. First you got the power. Then you got the butler. Then you got the uh, chico. Get them dollars you and celebrate Dollar Day. Um, and then also it's International Cat Day. Um, wow, those are all on one day. Yeah. I don't know. I'm more of a dog person myself. You like like, cats. You'll watch cat videos, though. I'll watch a cat video. It's just like in real life, in reality of mine, in the the reality of mine. Yes. I've said this before, Uh and I'm saying it again. If a cat is in the room and I enter, I feel like I've I've offended it. The cat's offended. It it always looks offended, and it just reminds me of this country. That's... (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's offended, even the cats. You know, there's a Bukowski saying. It's so good. I mean, he, you know, he had his own whatevers, but I was listening to his, one of his uh, poems, and he's like, the trouble with these people is their mothers have never been told to shut up, and their cities have never been bombed. Ooh, shit. And the thing is, is when you go through stuff like that, and when I say stuff like that, with being bombed, having people rounded up and put into camps, not 
conspiratorial FEMA camps, mm-hmm. but Nazi camps, or somebody shut into an area like the Palestinians are. I'm not even going to go off onto that. Mm-hmm. There's a different sensibility with sensitivity. Yeah. Right. Right. So if if we say any words or anything on this little podcast that offends you, look inside yourself to send and see mail. truly. Yes. Thank you. That's <laughs> the answer. Send us a piece of hate mail and we will. And you can even use a, uh, you know, just be anonymous about it. But I need to dissect my sensitivities sometimes. Yeah. About somebody saying something or doing something offensive mm-hmm. that, by the way, has nothing to do with violence. It has nothing to do truly with hate speech. People are offended by things, and it's okay to be mm-hmm. sensitive to real hate speech right. and to actions and to the fucking KKK or whatever group it is that's totally trying to diss another group. Right. And I mentioned KKK because we have the writer of Black Klansman on today, which is so yes. exciting. Which, by the way, I think is our most important guest that we've ever had on Absolutely. a lot of levels. Absolutely. The most important guest. We've had some very cool guests on here, but this, the timing of him writing this and Spike Lee directing and putting this out, mm-hmm. it's just paramount for what's going on in this country also, with race. with today being the date to create, and, yeah. and we're releasing this episode, I find that to be just, you know, it's a whole package. Yes, yes. It really works we, out. It fits. Yes, yes. It's fitting. You know, you and I are going to be co-writing something now. Yes, we're going to be co-writing something. Adapted from your book. Just one story, so there's... Many other stories that could be adapted out there. Anybody? (laughs) Anyone need some rights? Actually, the whole thing could be adapted and we would understand because we all operate on the same level like that. We know we're all out to get our projects out there. And at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. we're all part of Thailand Productions and whatever can help the greater good. And the Thailand Productions company will help us each individually. Right. Speaking of that, Roy got accepted to another festival in Atlanta called the Hollywood South Film Festival and is nominated for three awards, one of them being Best Director. Huge. I saw that post the other day and I was so blown away. And by the way, you guys, I, I posted the trailer and now a bunch of people on my page are looking to where they can see the movie. So Oh amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And the movie's not out yet. It's not out. It's called Never Be Done. It's the Richard, the Richard Lett story. Richard Glenn Lett story. The Richard Glenn Lett story. Amazing. Hilarious comedian. Very fucking offensive. Yeah. And which it's who gives hilarious. a shit? Which I don't care if somebody's offensive anymore. I really don't. You know Comedy what? Comedy is supposed to be offensive. Or it's supposed to make you think and if you don't fucking like it, turn the channel or turn right. it off or go protest. Right. Round up a bunch of people and go protest. But don't be a keyboard warrior. Honk if you're offended. Don't be a, a social justice warrior without getting out there and doing something. I get out there and do shit. Mm. I'm. Let me tell you something. There's way more important issues. The people in Flint don't have clean drinking water still. Right. That's an issue. People are dying in droves from uh, alcoholism and drug abuse. Like, yep. There's legitimate concerns with with gun control. Like, stop with the Russia bullshit. Yeah. It's getting old. I'm sorry. I don't want this to go political, but if you don't like it, send us an email. We'd be more than happy to address your concerns. And yeah. Your, me and Marcus at gmail.com. Your sensibilities. Your little sensibilities. Me and Marcus you know, we need at to gmail.com. I know I need to be humbled once in a while. That's why I have people that I'm accountable to so they can go, you know what? You're acting like... 
You're acting like a little boy. I'm not going to say a little girl because you know what? Most of the little girls that were in my life when I was a little boy were way more fucking mature than I was. Yeah. I mean, women mature. That's that's true. Women mature. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is is a man calling another man a little girl. It's like, no, that's kind of sexist. He's acting like a little boy. Right. The infantile ego exists a little bit more in a man than it does in a woman. I again, this is my observations of being on. You know, what's hilarious is like when when guys cry. And then someone says, you're acting like a little girl. And it's like, no, he's just having emotions. That's yeah, it. I, that bothers me, too. He's having well, an emotion. God forbid. Look, I, here's the thing. I grew up in an era, and I'll use the parlance of our times, as they say in the Big Lebowski, which, by the way, today is the 20-year anniversary of the Big Lebowski. What? I'm sorry. Sunday, Sunday the fifth was Sunday the fifth was, but still, it's the 20 year anniversary. The dude abides. So to use a parlance of our times, which is toxic masculinity, which I do agree with on certain levels, because there is a toxic form of masculinity that's filled with misogyny, racism, this hideous idea of capitalism. Fuck everybody else. Make it to the top of the corporate ladder, then kick it down so nobody else can get up there. Somebody, as somebody who grew up in that, I was told not to cry. Mm. I was told at a very early age, actually, the opposite. Be a man. Mm. And when you're told to be a man at seven. Yeah, it's, it can be confusing. It's a, little, sure. it's a little confusing. So thank you right. for stepping up. And it's, it's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh. It's okay. Right. It's okay to be in Muay Thai to hit a heavy bag. It's okay to be masculine. Right. Like, it's fine, but you know don't what? be a I fucking like asshole. The, I think ma- what's very masculine is being able to own and feel your feelings. That's great. That is very manly to me. That's great. Look at, look at some of the heroes that I've truly had were guys that were a defender of, of women and children mm-hmm. and, and animals. Mm-hmm. And animals. I love animals. Right? I love Bodie. She's a you have a great nuggy. dog. She's great. She's a little nuggy. I love it. Yeah, you call Nuggy. A, yeah. Somebody else calls their dog Nuggy too. Oh really? I was yeah, watching my a conspiracy Rita. video on cloning last night. <laughs> and um Barbara Streisand cloned her dog. Is it real? She Did really, that really happen? Yeah, she spent fifty thousand dollars to clone her dog. Oh god. And I wish I could clone like, my hmm, dog. I wonder if I could clone Nuggy and then I was like, No, there can only be one Nuggy. I, I'm blown away that you... So it's the exact same dog? Yeah. I wish I could have cloned Milton, my Sharpay. Aw. I, I wouldn't want the other dogs to know that. This is I what like I'm wondering. Dogs. I want to know the science behind the cloning. Like, do they live forever or do they have the same lifespan? They don't live forever. I'm sure it's about the same lifespan. But the great thing about cloning a dog is if the other dog had cancer, maybe you could clone something in there so this dog doesn't get cancer. And it just lives the full or life. Or arthritis or whatever. Yeah, let's really splice that gene or up and see what goes. you could just clone it to be immortal. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but... I don't want to <laughs> die before a dog. You just pass it down the family. It's like a family oh, heirloom. Yeah, you're right. You're family right. heirloom. Little Johnny, this dog is yours now. A 200-year-old dog. Take Maybe it could be the it. next prince or princess. And it's always a puppy. Just always youthful and sp- and sprite. I think a dog would be smarter than a human at that point if oh, they're on the sure. planet for a couple of hundred the years. The amount of wisdom Nuggy would have. I mean, they may not be <laughs> able to drive a car, but they'd still be more. And by the way, that doesn't mean anything. They would know their way around Los Angeles for sure. Yes, they, they, they don't even need to use ways. They know the back streets. You right. Know what I, mean? I, I love it. 
that's funny that people clone stuff and do that. Yeah. I don't know. If I was just going to throw $58,000 around, I would definitely do it in the benefit of people, not in the benefit of recloning a dog. Would you clone but yourself? No. <laughs> Believe me, nobody wants another one of me. <laughs> I, I mean, there's some people out there that like me and maybe even love me, but there, there's me. One is enough. Yeah. You know that term, you're a handful? Yeah. It goes way beyond that with me. I think it would come in handy. It would be conducive because when you're busy on days that I need to get the podcast done, the clone could come. That's true. Did you ever see that movie with Michael or Keaton where he clones himself? Six versions of himself? No. Oh, my God. It's really good. I, yes. you were really. Hold on. Interesting. You So you would clone yourself in order to be able to go take meetings and do things. That your other podcast. self couldn't do. Yeah. What would your other self be busy doing? Um, hanging out, watching Netflix, watching The Office. Watching conspiratorial videos. Writing. And would you have to inform the other self of that? See, that's the problem. You would have to I'd give... I'd be like, hey, call me if you have any issues or if you have a question. No, you would or... have to give that <laughs> self notes. And then, you, then your ego would slip in. You're like, hey, I'm not going to be my other self's fucking PA. Yeah, you're right. Do you understand? What well, I'm no, saying? I would be the producer, and the others, and the clone self would be the PA. As long as you know which self is yours. Actually, no. You know what? I wouldn't be sleeping. I wouldn't be Netflix Netflixing. Uh, if I had a clone of myself, I would be out there fucking, you know, busting both of our asses, getting shit done, so I can, you know, uh, have that National Dollar Day and really mean it. <laughs> and really spread the. D- and let me tell you something too. Uh, again. Because I know how important charity and altruism is. And I mean charity, giving to charities that you really believe in. I don't need to be a billionaire. I don't even need to be a mazillionaire. I, I, we how could much live, is a mazillion? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I know it exists. Sounds like a really cool number. Jabillion. Gazillion. Anyways, I... Yes, I would like to live comfortably and have a decent house and have all that stuff. And I don't need a Maserati or any of that old bullshit. I would like to have a nice watch Maserati's because I, I'm a fan of watches. But I think it would be important for me to continue being of service in the areas that I'm in service. And I don't need to mention any of the 12-step programs I'm talking about. But uh-huh. there's something about that kind of selflessness. And I, I know it's anonymity, but I definitely want to discuss this because I think it's being of service. That when you are really helpful to people without any expectations. There's something good that comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. From that, that altruistic attitude. Yeah, it's true. I'm like, you know what? If this comes through, it doesn't. If there's something that comes that, that's nice, it, there's something of being of service and not having expectations, which is hard to learn if you grew up like us in a Western capitalistic society where it's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting anything out of that. It's like yeah. what you get internally goes beyond the happiness always goes beyond pleasure. Right. You know, and that circles back to you. Like what I said earlier about your actions have effect on others. And that doesn't have to be negative. No, it doesn't have to be. You negative. can have that could be positive. Yes. And that goes especially. So we deal with a lot of traffic. I drive back and forth to Santa Monica. I'm very happy I get to do it. I have an amazing job there that I only have to spend a couple hours. Yeah. But my shortcoming is impatience and intolerance on the road. Mm-hmm. And I've really learned to be a better person and a better driver to back up 
let people in. And people are going to drive like idiots. This guy cut yeah. in front of me the other you day. You just expect it now. You expect it and you don't have to react. I think there is something to be said about. There's offensive drivers, which I definitely used to be. And there's defensive. And defensive, defensive. is just being vigilant. Yeah. Being okay. vigilant, watching the mirrors. And the only reason why I mention this because road rage used to be a huge problem. I got shot at twice on the freeway. Jeez. That's a whole other story that oh I wrote. God. Oh, my God. And, it, and you would think that you would learn from being shot at you one didn't. time. You didn't? Well, it lasts for a while, and then yeah. you start flipping people off and cutting them off again. Yeah. yeah. You forget. You forget. Hey, incredibly short memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that little ism thing. Isms. But uh, a gun will remind you. Yeah, I'd say. It's a good, it's a heavy reminder. Yeah, I'd say. Um, sounds about right. So we're at a crazy place in our country with, with exposing a lot of things right now about misogyny, womanizing, about race, about xenophobia, which is fear of foreigners or immigrants coming in. And uh, I think we have a guest today, like I said, that, that it, it's just really important. Plus, he's just an amazing guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. know him very well. Yeah. And the timing couldn't be more right for for the movie that he wrote right now. And he got a great director. And it got uh, the second biggest award at Cannes Film Festival. Which is <laughs> huge. On, what is that? Yeah, should we get to him? There's the Palme d'Or. Yes, we'll get to him. Happy Sunday. Yes, happy Sunday, y'all. Oh, wait, we're not doing the intro. Welcome us back. <laughs> we are or aren't doing the intro? No, we're not doing the intro. Oh, okay. So you're saying happy Sunday. We're keeping all this in, by the way. Yeah. So, you <laughs> so you're reminding <laughs> people. <laughs> you're reminding people it's Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because it is Sunday. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. I don't like that. I know, it's weird. I mean, I don't want to get I've been I'm busy. not a stalker. I've been pretty busy. Yeah. Is that your, are you appropriating a Latin thing know. because you live in North Hollywood? Probably. Okay, come on. Probably so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David Rabinowitz. Is our guest. Is our guest. We're just saying, I don't know why. Come on in, any, anytime. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey, David. I wasn't, I wasn't sure I was allowed to talk yet. No, for yes, sure. Yes, you're allowed. <laughs> Use your voice. See, yeah. even as a big Hollywood writer, he hasn't lost his humility. See? <laughs> And that's what it's all about, folks. Dude, congratulations. Thank Huge. You. Thank you. Huge it's a big stuff. deal. Huge. Yeah. Tell him what he's doing. Tell the listeners what he's doing. David was the writer, along with his partner, on Black Klansman, which got a huge standing ovation at Con. It also won the, an award at Con right, as well. Right, the Grand Prix, which is like the second prize. Huge. The yes. Palme d'Or is the biggest, right? That's exactly, yeah. Wow. First so time, awesome. right? Not a first time writer because you've written other features and other things right. have been produced. It was the first thing that we got, yeah, made and paid for. Wow. Made and, and it says made you're a producer paid. on IMDb. So you produce those other movies that you did? Yeah, but you know. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> I love, love it? your smile on that when you're like, let's, let's yeah. talk about black. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, they're great, but it's like it's those small projects that you mm -hmm. do, you know. Yeah. It's like practice for the big one. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I hear you. That's what I'm doing. Practice for the big one. How was how was Can? Can was crazy. Um, obviously, never been there before. But for sure. um, I mean, it was nuts. It was we we looked at it like a business trip. 
mm. kind of. Because, sure. you know, you, you walk around, you meet a bunch of people, you get a bunch of business cards. Networking. Yeah, yeah. networking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that word. Um, <laughs> and it's the, uh, worst. it's the Yeah, it is. It's the worst. <laughs> did you do a lot of lunches at Con? Uh, <laughs> we did a couple. We, we, had, we had one day where it was just like meeting after meeting after meeting. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's exhausting. It's taxing, right? Yeah, it was a little taxing. But it I'm takes not, a toll. It does. After like the fifth meeting in a row, mm-hmm. it's you. Ki- they all kind of blend together. And they're repetitive. And you're talking about the same thing, but it's a different person. Exactly. So you got to like repitch well, the same yeah. thing. And, and here's an observation I have about David because he coaches our improv team, and he's oh, actually a very good improver. Damn. If you ever want to see him on Jack Monday of all nights, trades. Okay. Oh yeah. Thanks, Mike. Nice. Very good improver. Monday night. Is it Mama Bird? Yes. The name of the team is Mama Bird. If you're around the Pack Theater Monday nights, there's a complete show. Come at eight o'clock. There's three or four good teams that are amazing. The Pack Theater is amazing. It's pretty much now the number one indie improv place. I think it's gotten written up in LA Weekly as like the spot, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about indie. Yes. It's all about indie. Yeah. And I don't know how you define indie, but it's like. It's definitely probably the fastest growing. Mm-hmm. Fastest theater. growing. Mm-hmm. I think indie meaning that there's not a specific thing that they're teaching. They're teaching a, a good mix of a bunch of stuff that came out of Chicago. Yeah. Del Close. Yeah. Out of Chicago, crowd. out of um, IO, out of mm-hmm. the annoyance. Theater. Right. Right. You know right. what also I've noticed? I prefer indie more than like big studio things anymore. Yes, and you did an indie film. She was in Dog Eat Dog with Willem Dafoe. We're, we're going to talk about that, actually. Because... I also went to Cannes. It, what? It, it, it did go to oh, Wait, Cam. let me finish mm-hmm. my observation. Please yeah. hold your... Tr- so what I was saying about <laughs> David... Yes. Because I did get off track. Is there's definitely a humility and selflessness about this man. Huge. And to have to sit through four or five lunches a day with people that are completely selfish and self-centered oh, has to yeah. tax this guy to no end. For this sure. is why people get coke habits. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Uh, okay, if you want. Uh, maybe on my way. I don't know. Talk to me, <laughs> right. Talk Talk to to me, me in a year. year. Revisit it in a year. Mind <laughs> <laughs> meld on that one. <laughs> yeah, right. That was great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a lot of uh, meetings, but... Um, I've, I've found me, uh, my partner, Charlie, mm-hmm. who, uh, we, we wrote it together and we work together. Um, right now we're, we're starting to get to the point where we're, um, complaining mm-hmm. about these meetings and like slap us if we ever. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, right. For you're sure. right. You're right. It is great to have it's them. So of course. Yeah. As exhausting as they are. And out of that meeting came a new project, right? Um, a lot of people can't have these meetings. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we yeah. would have killed to have these meetings like, you know, a year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, sure. And, and yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, out of one of the meetings, you know, a, a new project happens. You just don't know which one, so you have to do all of them. Uh, can you talk about that like project? It's like spring. You're watering the yeah. flowers and then, oh, right, right, right. a yeah, tulip totally. comes right. from the soil. <laughs> <laughs> a tulip. A tulip. <laughs> So but not poppies. Not? No, not a rose, just a tulip. <laughs> um, so out of that, out of those meetings came a new project. Um, yes, a, one of those meetings. Um, Is it Dog Eat Dog 2? No. Um, <laughs> you said there was a connection to Dog Eat Dog. Yeah, there, was, well, sure there was. I, what happened to the nanny? <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I kind of want to know that, actually. Yeah. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. And, she, you don't know where she went. She got locked away in a cage, and then the baby and the nanny just never are seen to again. Right. Sorry. The, oh, no, I, I, I agree. I was the, um, the connection to Dog Eat Dog is... Um, 
Black Klansman, we brought it originally to Sean Reddick, who, when we first met with him, uh, he's like, hey, we're working, I think it was in post-production on this thing called Dog Eat Dog right now. Wow. Yeah. And that uh, had to be in, like, 2015. It was 2000, yes. It was late 2015, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, like, one of those Six degrees situation. Yeah, totally. Wild. Do you know the writer that they, boy... Sundays. I can't even put this together. I'm a writer and I don't even know what I'm trying to say. What are you even when, trying uh, to say? When they look at a book and they, <laughs> then they turn it into a movie and they adapt adapted. It. Adapt. <laughs> adapted by. Anyways, the writer that they adapted that book by, Eddie Bunker. Eddie Bunker, right? Is yeah. an ama- Have you read his stuff? Um, no. I, I know. Wasn't he just, in prison? He was in prison, right? He was. He wrote the first movie. He wrote. He wrote half the movie, and you could tell which half it is. Was Runaway Train, which mm. was also Danny Trejo's first movie. Danny Trejo. So if you guys get a chance to see that, John Voight, Eric Roberts, Runaway Train, fantastic film. Go ahead. He was also in Reservoir Dogs, right? Yeah. Yes, he was, and he had the best line. Do you remember the line? What was the line? I like Madonna's early stuff. Borderline. After that, that Papa don't preach stuff. I checked out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to watch like a seventy-year-old guy say that gangster as fuck for sure. Like, <laughs> That's so good. When I was um, when I was working on one of those earlier projects uh, when, that I did with friends, like mm-hmm. as a producer, um, I was helping my friend Mike um, scout locations for a f- short film that he was directing, and um, the movie took place in a uh, a coffee shop or a diner. So we were going all around, you know, scouting out places, mm-hmm. and. It was like at the end of a long day, and we had gone to, I don't know, like five or six or seven places right. all around so LA. So tedious. Yes. So tedious. You know yes. that process. Oh, yes. Um, and we're like, oh, man, we're almost done. Maybe let's just do one more. Mm-hmm. And we go to this place in like northeast LA, and uh, the the guy. Cindy's? Is, uh, I forget, actually forget oh, what okay. it's called. I don't think it was called. Well, maybe. Anyway, Up on Colorado, like in Eagle Rock or something. I'm just cl- trying to. Yes, sorry. close to Eagle Rock. Yes. Okay. Or in Eagle Rock, that area, and the the guy was super receptive to you know the filming. Right. They aren't all, and then we look around and we see these posters for Reservoir Dogs. It's that where that wow. scene was shot. That, yeah. And you Perfect. did shoot the film and there. We did shoot the wow, film. dig yeah. it. Yeah. Oh wow. Dig it. I guess we'll do one more, and that Oops, happens sorry. to be the place. That's that's huge. Yeah, I yeah. think you got to hit it three times. You got to hit it three times. Huge. This, not <laughs> huge. <laughs> the diner, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs, David's movie, and now one of the oh, princess. Oh right. yeah, <laughs> for sure. I thought you were saying say huge two you more do times. That too. I was like, you okay, get a pass. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> bigger, bigger. Um, yes. So, out of one of these meetings, which was probably quite a few since you Black Klansman came out. Yes. Are you allowed to talk about the tulip? Yeah, I think I'm allowed to talk about I the I think tulip so. Let's if talk it was about in the, tr- the tulip. If it was in the trades. Yeah, it's in the trades. Um, the tr- listen to me, like it's the 50s. <laughs> well, it's in the trades, so I think we can talk about it here on the radio broadcast. Talk about this new picture. Um, yeah, um, so out of one of these meetings, this is actually a, a phone meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this weird winding uh, route. So um, after Black Klansman sold, we started to take meetings, mm-hmm. as we say. Yes. Um, and my writing partner's father texted him this um, Rolling Stone article. 
And so because Black Klansman is based on a true story, it's based on a memoir, mm. a lot of people have been sending us like books or like articles, like mm. stuff to adapt. Right. And this one, it was a Rolling Stone article called The Hitman Next Door. Oh. And it's about this uh, gymnastics teacher. He has this, like, he's like a pillar of the community. And he's got this gym where he trains young gymnasts. Mm-hmm. And it like has a lot, of, a lot of birthday parties and stuff. Um, Is he a rapist? No. no. Okay. I know about this story because I actually know it, know it, but go ahead. You know it. Yes. Okay. Um, he apparently, according to the article, was uh, moonlit. Moonlit? Moonlighting. Moonlighting as a hitman for the Gambino crime family. What? Yeah. So like fun stuff. This is like a so this is a gangster movie. Yes. Yes. A, a gangster movie like um like two different lives that this guy is Love it. Oh, that's great. It's like the Iceman, sort of like that. It's like so cool. And like we read it we're like, "Oh my god, this is like this is like right in our wheelhouse. Like we should find for out sure. if somebody has the rights to this." Yeah. So the other there's like two really weird connections to this story. So first of all, the the gym that he uh, ran yeah. called Flip Over. Um, it was that was in our hometown. What? And oh, my running partner and I, we grew up together. Yeah. In this, from the same hometown, Th- like we used to go to birthday parties there uh, when we were young. That's yeah. so wild. Another six degrees of separation. Yeah. Wait, where are you we're, from? Uh, East Brunswick, New Jersey. Wow. Um, that's gangster as fuck too, by the way, <laughs> especially in the sixties, seventies. So it's like pretty much meant to be. Th- that's what we thought. Yeah. And so, and then the other weird meant to be thing was, this is such a weird thing, weird story that I'm telling. But okay. When I moved out to LA in 2012, I drove uh, across country. It took me six days. Mm-hmm. I drove by myself from New Jersey to LA. It's a great drive. I it, did that. It, it, it I was, did that. It was, yeah. yeah. It, there's something about it. Oh, like, it's really good. It's calming. Taking your time, like yeah. not like rushing. Yeah. Right. Um, also terrified, but yeah. <laughs> and so, especially when you're like in the middle of the country and there's like a sudden downpour and you have to pull yeah. off to the side. Cause well, especially driving. when you're in the middle of Texas and you have to pull out your wallet. I and am never hi, driving Mr. through Rabinowitz. Kansas again. <laughs> Kansas is the worst oh, state to drive. Through. I'm not driving through Tennessee again. There's nothing. It's just Marcus. Blood. Is that a Jew yeah. name? <laughs> I swear to God, I said that. Anyways, really? go ahead. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Yes. Off track. True story. Kansas, if you get Marcus as your name, what are they going to say? Oh, Rabinowitz? Oh, you come with us. <laughs> <laughs> not all Southerners. I'm not that guy. I promise. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No worries. Um, so I, I had this week, and I, when I started the uh, drive, I'm like, hey, if I see something interesting, I'm going to stop because I have the time. Yeah, why not? Why not? All right. I ended up stopping only twice the entire time. Um, to, to check stuff out. Right. I mean, I, I stopped at night, but just to like in like the middle pee of the day. And stuff sure, for sure. Exactly. And to be, yeah. <laughs> well, he <laughs> had a catheter <laughs> hooked up. Yeah. He wanted to get here quickly. You got to do it on a long <laughs> you gotta drive. You got to do it. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, efficiency is very important. Um, so one time I stopped in Nashville because it's Nashville. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. The other, only other time I was, it was the first day of driving, I was in Maryland and I'm driving down the highway and I see this really interesting town. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't know, it kind of looks like historical. And I'm like, you know what, why not? I'll just pull over. And I, you know, checked the town out. There was like a museum, this town called Cumberland, Maryland. Okay. And uh, I don't know, I didn't think anything of it. You know, five years later, we um, we look at this article and we dig deeper into it. This guy who was in our hometown, who is now in jail because of his criminal activities, he's in federal prison in Cumberland, Maryland. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so okay, there's, there's a couple of combinations. So like, oh, this would be really good. 
we contacted the author to find out what the status someone has the rights like some Fuck. some company right? right but he's like i've got other articles and i've got books let me connect you with my management company did um, you go visit him or you spoke to him on just the on the phone right I don't, know, I don't even know if he's in la oh, okay um so we had a, a phone meeting with mm -hmm. his management company, Gotham Group. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that meeting, they ended up sending us a couple of books. Not by this guy, actually. Right. Um, and one of these books was this thing called Animal by Casey Sherman. Mm. Um, when was it written? It was uh, 2013, 2014. Mm. Wow. Um, so pretty recent. Pretty recent. And Animal is the one. So as a result of that meeting, and this was a while ago. This was over maybe a year ago. Um, or a little less than a year ago. That's what we ended up adapting. Wow. Great wow. story. Yeah. Great story. So you guys already wrote it? Um, no. So we, um, we, we pitched it, okay. um, which was a process in itself. Mm -hmm. so like, oh, I'm sure. Like pitching, like they want you to have the whole thing work Within out. five minutes? Yeah. I wish it was five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> It started. It started about twenty five minutes, and then by the end, because we kept like we were getting feedback from people and stuff, it, mm -hmm. it was basically a thirty minute pitch. Wow! And we did it about forty times. So yeah. like, I mean, you guys are pitching. You yeah, go back you guys and forth. were solid at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, like it's so rehearsed, it is back and forth mm -hmm. that it 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 gets tough trying to make it feel fresh. Like yeah. sure, make it seem like it's the first time right. ever saying yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a stand up. Not. And Charlie For does sure. uh, improv as well, or he, he does not. Oh. Does not. So, yeah. do you think your improv skills helped you with pitching? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And writing, and definitely writing for sure, as you know. Listen up, folks. Um, Listen up, writers. Because <laughs> yeah, I know it I, helped me immensely. Yeah, I I recommend it to writers all the time. Yeah, perform, get on stage, get in front of people. Because mm -hmm. um, pitching, that's it's just already like an unnatural, nerve wracking thing. Yeah. You're it's like auditioning, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's one hundred. It's auditioning for writers. Yeah. 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 Um, and we're. Uh, yeah, it's like actually, I feel um, I feel like I um, understand actors a little bit more now going through the pitching process. Yeah, because you're ju you're just going to this room and being judged. <laughs> yeah, it's being worst. judged heavily. <laughs> right. Did you bring a headshot and resume? Shit. <laughs> yeah, I forgot it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Too busy trying to find parking. Sorry. Right. Um, no, yeah. I'm no, and and at least for writers when they go into pitch, they're not seeing like you know twenty other writers who mm -hmm. look just like them in the right. room. Right. That's a nice thing because uh. I went and pitched the show that we wrote, that one that I yeah. gave to you to read, mm -hmm. and we went to Fox Twenty One. I got a pretty good hook up there, and we had such an amazing pitch. Yeah. And we had a season bible, and How'd it was it just go? like it went good. They were like, "Was this, this recent?" This is probably a year, year and a half ago. Not bad. Um, it went well, but they were like, "This is a little too racy for us," hmm. mm. and that's okay. It's okay. It, it probably belongs somewhere else. I don't take stuff like that personally. I'm thinking like right. TV Land or Showtime. Yeah, maybe. Yes, FX. I'm thinking you as the producer. I'll take it as well as a role in it. Look I'll at us. Take it. Look at us <laughs> going. Look at us uh, just working. Yeah. Oh, oh David. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Dreams happen. <laughs> no, I like this. So I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see this this bloom into another tulip. Oh, this tulips. Yeah, <laughs> this is my experience of running a sober living as my house was being foreclosed. Oh, should I talk about this? Oh, I, I can't should. talk about this. Yes, it was it's my a secret. in 2008. The whole economy was collapsing, as everybody knows, and. In a quick fix to save my house, I turned it into a sober living. <laughs> and then the real horror story started. <laughs> Come on. 
come on. Welcome Nothing in. like bringing in a bunch of crackheads and yeah. alcoholics, and there was violence and people smoking crack in the bathroom. Was it a trap house or a sober house? It became a trap house. Okay. <laughs> High-end trap house right in the middle of Silver For Lake, sure. but a trap house nonetheless. For sure. Silver, Na- Silver sounds... Lake is nice. It's a great area. It is now. Then it was None just the teetering. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, it was pretty nice, I guess. The gentrification mm-hmm. was starting, mm-hmm. but there was no $22 cheeseburgers. Oh I promise you that. I don't eat there. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like it because there's no chain store. It's I call it the chain store massacre when chain stores come in and just completely fuck up an area. Like and that Trader has no Joe's? chain store. Wasn't there a hostage situation at the Trader Let's Joe's not talk about that. Let's go back to David. That was Sorry, so David. brutural uh, to even know I about I seen that. it on the news. Yes, it was happening. It definitely happened. That's rough. Um, it was just, boy, it brought the mood down. Tulips. <laughs> so, <laughs> call back. So, you guys got the deal and you've started writing this? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're about to start writing it. Fantastic. It was, it was this. Congrats um, again. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So it. great. It was, it was such a... Um, as a writer, you end up doing so much work like before getting paid. Yeah. It's like the, the it, research, everything. everything. Sure. Putting, you know, putting a, basically a movie together and then mm-hmm. rehearsing it and then going in. We pitched like 35 different producers. And then after 35 producers, we found out who was interested. Mm-hmm. And then we went with two of them. And then the producers took us out to the studios. Mm. And um, so we had to basically do the process all over again. But right. this time we had a producer on our side of the table, which yeah. was super So helpful. you went in nice. with the, the three of you went in? Yes. Well, actually, one producer, one company had three people. Uh, so it was five of five us. Five of us. Uh, and then the other company had two people. So do they talk first and let you bu- yeah, bust it down? They, they kind of like right. ease us into it. Mm-hmm. And then the, then the pitch starts and then it's us. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm saying I can't wait to see this movie when it uh, when it's when the tulip you know comes Completely. to life. I don't know how well, to we put can that together. <laughs> maybe but me, you, I'm and Roy. I'm excited to see it. Maybe me, you, and Roy can go see Black Klansman. It opens the tenth, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'd September tenth. No, August this week. 10th. That is the day of oh, our shoot. Oh, you're shooting. But I'm down for the I'll next day. I'll see it and give you a full report. No, let's the just next go the morning. next day. <laughs> it's possible. The eleventh depends on the day. The 11th? I work with a lot of drug addicts on that day. I don't know if on I can a Saturday? handle that much truth in one day about Shit. how insane everything is in the world. You're busy. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And I'm yes. excited to see uh, the gymnast Gambino movie. Yes. What's that movie? So, oh, Animal. Yeah, yeah, so to be clear, the um, we're still trying to get that eventually. But the, eventually, I can't the story around it. it. We're, we're, we're trying to get the rights to it. The rights are still not available. The This thing called Animal, it's about... Uh, well, the book is about this uh, notorious hitman in the 60s for the New England Mafia. Oh, that's right. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, release the rights so he can make this film. Yes. And then I can see it. Thank you. But oh, oh, that was on. That was like very like hypnotic. So this is... <laughs> I could be a Gambino. <laughs> so, the, so the real story is about this hitman. Yeah, yeah. So Who the took Casey, out about twenty five people, right? Yeah, like twenty five people. Casey Sherman, he he writes about a lot of um, like true life Boston stuff. Yeah. He just released oh, a book it. about uh, Deflategate, Tom Brady, mm. uh, which wow. is interesting. Nice. And he wrote that book called The Finest Hours, which was turned into a movie. Fantastic, yeah. um, hardcore, yeah, intense. It, he's 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 got this really cool um, niche, um, and uh, so this book is about this guy's basically rise and fall his entire life. Um, he ends up turning witness, government witness, and uh, he becomes the, the first person in the modern witness protection program. Mm. So this um, is the early 
mid sixties. Yeah, this sixty seven is when the the movie takes place. So we thought this was really cool, but it's like it's not really a, a movie. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it's a TV show if you do the entire thing. Ooh, a series. Uh, it's and and people, you know, everybody wants to do TV now. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. But we're like, hey, what if we took like a five percent? sliver of this and just focus on the part where he turns witness and this u.s marshal takes him his wife and his five-year-old daughter and puts them on an island like a mile off the boston harbor Hmm. and then the mob finds out Mm. and then like what happens when they send people you know to go wow yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of like a uh an action thriller yeah yeah and it's all based on what really happened. It's when they based took on a true story, yes. Oh, this is with, good stuff. You know what's good about this, too, is that period of time, there's all this conspiracy that the CIA and the mob were all in cahoots to get rid of the Kennedys. Cahoots! Uh-huh. Yeah. We won't go deep into that, but there is something there, and I just picked up a book about the CIA that's amazing called The Devil's Chessboard, and it outlines that same... I'm, I might have to check that out. I think you would really like it. it. It's really funny you bring that up, because RFK is a, actually a character in this. Because he appoints mm. the U.S. Marshal to uh, to this job, they they had the U.S. Marshal, the main character, has a relationship with RFK. Wow. Um, hmm. And we're working on another project, which is really which is about the CIA and their relationship with. Oh, you may need to do that on an island. That's so tight. <laughs> it is on an so island. You've got Cuba. a few tulips. That's the <laughs> <laughs> no. You may need to write it on. Oh, an island. Be on an island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a few tulips. He's we'll got a few happens. tulips, He's, Mike. Yes, that's great. I like CIA sure. shit, too. I just oh, like, can't wait good. to see all of these. Yeah. All of these. These are Same. very interesting. Um, how did you grow up? What was? How, did you grow up around a lot of racism? Or by, by your generation, how it was, was pretty chill, child? right? How was my, um, you know, where I grew up, um, there wasn't, not really. There were a lot of Jews in my town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of like Jews, Italians, Italians, a lot of Catholics, very Irish, East uh, Brunswick, East Brunswick. Yeah, um, there's a lot of drug abuse there, right? Um, yeah, but I guess you could say that for pretty much pretty the much whole nation, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, but I have met some kids that are from that area, and oh, they really? said they, the fact that it comes literally comes right off the boats. A lot of the fentanyl from China. Yeah, it's right there. The ports. The ports. Yeah, They're right there. So yeah. you grew up in that with those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, um, in high school, I basically became friend, good friends. I, I knew him before, but good friends with uh, my friend uh, Charlie. Um, and, you know, we started getting into movies and we started, you know, doing videos instead of reports yeah. for school assignments. That's yeah. kind of where it started. That's so sweet. How, how did the teachers think of that? They loved it. That's we asked so if cool. we could do videos and, you know, it's so much more work. Sure. When you find out when you actually go yeah. down to it, production is so much work. For yeah. sure. Uh, than just writing a paper mm-hmm. that, like, uh, yeah. You, do pre- so you guys have had about a 10 year relationship with all this. Um, yeah, a longer, actually, probably. Wow. I also, in high school, I, I was into films, but I started getting into writing, like screenwriting specifically. Yeah. Because, again, production, there's so much work. You have to get a bunch of people together. Oh, yeah. Sure. There's so much involved. Yeah. So, mu- so many like so moving pieces. I, I'm still learning, you know? Like, I had no idea, like, how much was involved. Every single detail. Mm. Like, crazy. Everyone has something that they got to be doing. Especially if you're line producing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. My gosh. I, I used to, like, just be an actress and just show up to set right. and be like, right. where's my trailer? Yeah. No, I, I didn't say that. Now so there is the something to be said there's about so writing on that level where you're just left alone and you're able to put together the manual of what that's going to create down the line because as opposed to production where you have to 
worry about everything. Mm -hmm. Writing, I was just, you know, in my parents' basement on the computer just typing, you know, into a, a Word document, like... That's it. Do you see yourself being a producer and maybe producing other people's material yes. down the line? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. I have a bunch of stuff I want to get. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, for sure. Like we're that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. That's uh, great. Production well, partners on your show. Hey. Yes. Well, there's other shows too. There's hey. a period show that's really good that I had, had a okay. little deal with with anonymous really? content. Yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you about you it after. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, I love your writing. Oh, uh, thank you, David. It's like, that means a lot. It's it's thank really you. good. Did you get through the book? Yes. Well, um, were I, you traumatized? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are I, you in therapy I, now? Uh, possibly. Do we have different uh, upbringings? Um, yeah. Well, How see, different? That, that's, that's the thing. Like, you give such like a like a vivid view yeah. into thank you your life. We should maybe we should talk about it off mic. But we'll uh, talk about it off mic. Um, yeah, because this is more about you and Black Clans. But I'm sorry, we're really selfish. And no, 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 August tenth, right? <laughs> August. <laughs> Will you give us a verbal trailer? Yes. Sneak peek. Oh, okay. It's, can you do that? Is yes. that you don't have to pitch us? No, no. We're gonna no, see no. it regardless. In a world. In no. A world. <laughs> In a world um, of ignorance and Klansmen. <laughs> Uh, the the movie is based on the memoir and true story of Ron Stallworth, who was the first cop in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Nice. Uh, Ron became an undercover co- uh, detective, and he infiltrated the local chapter of the KKK. Um, and come on, man! He um, he infiltrated the Klan over the phone, and to go into in person uh, meetings, he got a white partner, a white Jewish partner. <laughs> played by Adam Driver to go in in his place. So it's um, wow. Oh, it's an amazing cast. Yeah, wow. great cast. Um, yeah, John David Washington, Denzel's son, uh, Adam Driver, Topher Grace as David Duke. Um, which is, wow, which is, that is a really good David Duke. It, it's actually perfect because we all know yeah. him from that '70s show, and like yeah. he's such like this clean cut nice guy. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and that's kind of David Duke's thing. Like he's like th- he was this rebranding of the clan at, into a, a, a clean cut, you know, nice guy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why it's in your wheelhouse to do something like this because you're referencing back to the guy who owned the gymnasium. Exactly. Who mm-hmm. is this double life and double life people are the best in 100 to write about. Mm-hmm. And, th- th- and that is actually very much true because, you know, uh, Ron, you know, when you, someone who goes undercover, that's all part of it. The, right. the split identity, same thing. Hand over partner. the rights. <laughs> Do it. She's going back to the other one. I like how you're just putting it out into the universe. <laughs> <Yes. It'll go laughs> Shit. She yes. makes stuff happen too. <laughs> the podcast so he infiltrates, I know, I know you don't want to give up too much of it, right. but back to the, so he infiltrates and is that you want as much as you want to talk about or is there anything else you want to say about it um, as far as the story goes? I think. I yeah, that's, that's enough. enough. Yeah. yeah, it's enough. I right. think one of the one of the things that we said, like when, so the memoir that Ron Stallworth wrote is called Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that extra K in the middle, but it was the same right. title. And uh, we're just like, that's that's the title. That's the main character. That's the premise. That's the hook. That's the high concept. All in two words. Do you think it went better as a dark comedy? And was that the intention when it was first written? When Charlie and I first wrote it. Um, we saw it as an undercover thriller period piece with elements of comedy. Mm. Um, when Spike Lee got involved, Spike and his writing partner, Kevin Wilmot, they did a pass on the script. So the four of us are credited as writers. And they kept those elements and then put 
they they added a layer of um irony uh, i the, the the i would say they they made it more political yeah mm. they made it more angry they made it they made it a spike lee movie good mm. good i think it's um, it's really important to ramp it up that way for sure for sure and um and but kept the comedic twist kept the comedic twist they nice. they added some comedy we had some comedy so um yeah i mean they 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 put that that extra i don't know what you want to say oomph yeah on, like on he did with Do the Right Thing, like he did exactly. with uh, nice. I'm excited to Jungle see Fever. Like, yeah, he's so good at is doing that. Is this a that. full theatrical release, like wide, or I, is I think it select? It's, I th- the last I heard was 1500. Sweet. So, <laughs> like, more than limited, but less than wide, wide. Right. Okay. So, but I mean, in LA, it'll, it's very easy. It'll be for sure. Easy like to any see. anywhere at the Lamley or anything. Uh, Landmark, ArcLight, AMC, oh. like, and yeah, wonderful anywhere. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think maybe middle of the country it would be harder to see, but in the cities it'll be easy. Wow. Yeah. It's coming huge. to a theater nearest you. It's a nearish. big deal. <laughs> yeah, this is huge. If you're in LA, it's totally near you because sure. it's going to have a wide opening there. I'm sure, sure on both coasts it's going to have wide openings. Yeah, yeah, all like the major cities. Right. It'll be sprinkled yeah. in the flyover mm-hmm. states. Yes, bit by mm-hmm. bit. People might have to travel a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Exactly. Worth the drive. Yes. I hope so. Worth it. I think so. From what I saw and from what I've read about it, it looks very impressive. Thank and you. it looks like a message that can be brought across that has depth and weight without mm-hmm. being too heavy-handed. And that's mm-hmm. what's great about the dark humor mm. element of any thriller. You know, like I want to know what the message is, but I also want to see the, the human part of it. Right, mm. right. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the whole thing. I think you use the entertainment portion to get people in, get people paying attention, and then you right. slip the message in there. Yeah, which is a lot what we do with improv, too, yeah. without being heavy-handed on the stage and being total SJWs. Speaking of. <laughs> what? It's game time. Oh, you have a game. I don't. I was hoping that you guys would help me pick one. <laughs> we do what games on this. I don't uh, know okay. if you listened to our podcast before, game but Chelsea time. comes up with really... By the way, she's an amazing singer. Really? I was. Stop it. <laughs> and you Own lost this. Once. You lost it. <laughs> I'm her codependent manager. I That's really bad. <laughs> I haven't been a singer in okay, a while. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a sketch or definitely a TV show. The codependent manager. Yeah. Who's co-host. so stressed out about getting people roles. <laughs> She's a good singer. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, really good. Does anyone have a? Um, the only thing that's popping into my head is twenty questions, but I feel like that's just so overdone on this show. Yeah, it's overdone, and it takes a long time. <laughs> right. I'm saying, it takes at least. Three I wish minutes. we had an improv game, but those are those are more visual. Visual. Hmm. I don't. You could I, probably do an auditory one. Let's do. What, what would you do? Because we do those games in the dark. Oh yeah. That, um, that's an improv thing. Not me and David don't do <laughs> games alone. Games in the, in the dark. dark. Sounds games romantic. <laughs> David's our improv coach for our team, Hollywood Babylon. Nice, nice. And we have a great team. We've only done one show, but we're you getting there. You guys have to do more shows. Like, I keep we every will. time. Every I swear to you, we're going to do more shows. <laughs> every we want to rent our own theater and do like the thing like the local or one of those so we can wrap up oh, the okay. show that's and cool. bring. It's so yeah. cheap to rent theaters. And I'll get you there to sing. It'll be a variety, be variety show. show. You want me to sing the national anthem before the show? <laughs> yes, <or laughs> like Fergie style. Fergie style. Band See? Fuck. I told you. That's not the perfect representation of how she sings. But it's I, that was Fergie's version. That's right. She can nail it. 
on Fergie's I, I, w- I would love an improv show that would start that started with the uh, yeah. the national anthem. It would be just shocking for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Every, and I would just have everyone stand up and place their <laughs> if I do hand over their hearts. If we do one, if I do a one man show, I want you to start with it. <laughs> okay, you got it. That's a deal. A bad version. That's a deal. Your own version, not even a Fergie version. I'll make it my own. I want you to come up with a character. You know, Fergie went kind of like jazzy. Um, and stretched out some of the lyrics a little too far. A, a little long. That ways. happens. Yeah, it was. It was a sort lot of one width, width to her notes. Right. <laughs> but you, uh, if you do the national anthem, that's your prerogative, right? You can. That's right. My you prerogative. can do whatever you want. Yeah. Truth. You could actually even change or add. I words. could just change the words. Because freedom of speech, right? To right. improv stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the words you forget or pretend to forget. <laughs> yeah. So David has a really good improv game for us. Okay, let's do it. Oh, God. Do I? How do we do so? That, that's what's called a pimp. <laughs> that's a pimp move in improv, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that David taught me. <laughs> All right. Um, it, yeah, by the way, you guys re- really should do a show. I swear to you, we're going to get so one booked in the it. next six months. So no, I we can, are. So I can make up my own improv national anthem song beforehand. <clears throat> okay. Sorry for yelling. <laughs> Didn't mean to shout. See, she doesn't need a codependent manager. She She's her own codependent I'm just, manager. I'm, I'm singing there. I'm doing that. All right. Uh, that's Hollywood. Borderline people have their own independent in their head. There's an agent in there. There's a writer. You, you a have an entire team in your head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the CEO of my own show. So There's people that are in psych wards eating flies that believe that at one point. They're in so Hollywood. dirty. Flies are so dirty. Go ahead. She takes the other thing and goes with it. You took the fly and went with it instead of the bigger package. They're very dirty. So you were parting that out, which I like. It's like the carp of the, fly. Of the air. That's you know how the mean? movie The Fly came up, which, what you just did. They were all pitching in a room, and this guy was just like, a fly. The fly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was brainstorming by just writing down what you see. Yes, exactly. The desk, (laughs) the pen. The fan. By the way, did you guys see the original, The Fly? No, I've never seen it. You have to see the original one. Sounds dirty. Because (laughs) it's not a big Jeff Goldblum fly. It's a little tiny fly on a leaf where the guy merges it, and the fly is on the leaf going, help me. So it's a little man head on a fly. Oh my God. You have to see it. <laughs> we were smoking a lot of pot when I watched it, and we were just like, wow, Jeez. you can merge these things. You know, I used to smoke the marijuana back in the you day. You were a pot person? Not very often. It made me paranoid. Mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I, me too. I, I, I would like, I would smoke a weed. And then <laughs> one week, ninety. I smoke a weed. <laughs> I would abuse the weed, right. and um, I, I'm thinking in my head, I can't speak. I can the only pot listen. Did that I guess. To you? Yeah, the marijuana. Said, yeah, I like s- I better can, stuff. I can only listen. I guess that or just <laughs> go to bed because up. I can't talk. I cannot communicate anything. Nothing. You a pot guy, out of my mouth. Uh, For the same reason, not really. I, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very yeah. similar. Let's face However, it, we operate. I did watch Avatar on the marijuana, that's and dope. it was a great experience. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'd rather watch it on mushrooms, but okay. Oh, I can't do mushrooms. So, on that note, do you find that you're writing? And this is such a weird question. It's not weird. It's probably played out. That your writing is much better when you're totally clear-headed. No alcohol. No pot. No yes. nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the o- the only drug I need is caffeine. Yeah. 
and, but I've, and that's kind of necessary for, for me. sure. The funny I'm thing is, you, you guys that. is being generation, probably a generation ahead. How old are you? Thirty-one. Oh, okay. So you're. It's a good age. Yeah, good age. It's a great age. It's you guys are age. in the same wheelhouse, actually, and both have an amazing work work ethic. So don't put baby millennials in a corner. Do not. I'm out here getting <laughs> shit done, son. Anyways, I grew up in an era where people truly believe that if you got high, right. if you did that, it was the best writing. I mean, look at Bukowski, look right. at uh, Jim Tom, like all these different people. Right. But nothing could be further from the truth because there's no way I ever would have put a book out mm. if I was high the whole time. There's stories about is true about that part of my life, but there's <laughs> I couldn't have put that together mm-hmm. with such eloquence right. and eloquence. Who, who said eloquence? <laughs> it's very elegant. Isn't that the best word it? to fuck up? You know, I just really right. feel like it was very <laughs> elegant how you said that. You but eloquence I mean? is the best word to fuck up because you're proving you have eloquence, yeah, you, right. but no, no you yeah. don't. <laughs> it's the you just said eloquence with a K. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say elegant. Ah. No. So see that's how much (laughs) what were you gonna say? (laughs) Somebody said um, uh, write drunk, edit sober. Who said that, you know? And I I think that might have been a book. I have to look that up. Sounds like it would be him. But um, I not I don't even believe in that. Because I don't know. I think if you're drinking, you're you're not thinking about being productive. It's like I found that really not thinking about doing anything. anything, Stone (laughs) cold sober from a really traumatic place is mm. good writing for me mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and not worrying about what anybody thinks yeah yes do you feel that way have yeah. you written stuff on your own where you're just like i'm going <laughs> balls out and i'm not going to worry about try to yeah and that's actually why i write better earlier, adapting earlier in the day mm. oh, okay it's i like, feel that yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. do you write every day david i try to but that's awesome the the I'm jealous yeah, because it's, it, it's really hard. It, it is. It is, uh, especially you know if you if you have an, a job, mm-hmm. like then it's really hard. Yeah. If you're a quote unquote full time writer, then it should be easier. At the same time, sometimes as a writer, you have like stuff that you have to do that's not writing. Mm-hmm. Like those meetings we were talking about. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, which we're very grateful meetings. for. Which we're very they're grateful great. for. <laughs> they're they're great. Um, but um, if you don't have any of that stuff, then yeah, you don't really have any excuse. Mm-hmm. And so. I like to wake first thing in the morning, ideally. Early. Early start writing because like, it's almost like your, the, your brain doesn't completely, the, the part of your brain that is like critical, mm-hmm. it, it, it hasn't woken up yet. Yeah, it, it doesn't come until like maybe three. Yeah, right, right. So you want to get right. all, most of your work done before then. Yeah. While you're, I don't know two. about three. I wake I'm up at seven two. and by 7.45, I'm an absolute fucking mess. <laughs> so for those, those 45 minutes though, they're huge. Good writing. Yeah. You get some good writing. Utilize in. that. Because <laughs> you're, you know, you're, I, I feel like your creative I agree. brain is engaged. I agree. And you know, most writers I know get up at, very early and start early writing. And just nice. go. And it's I'm going to make a commitment to do that at least once this week and not overwhelm myself. I want to get it. up early. And not only that, there's a stillness in the air that really helps you connect to what I believe is definitely some sort of divine yes. inspiration to write. Yeah. My I best writing you came that. from that. I support you. And I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in that I'm overthinking it, but I don't believe in writer's block. You want to hear agree. something interesting? So I've had. Uh, until two weeks ago, I had like the worst writer's block. The, w- the only thing I knew was I wanted to challenge myself and write a one-hour pilot that was drama, right? And so I couldn't think of an idea. Like I've never had um, 
an issue where I couldn't think of what to write or what I wanted it to be about. Even in a studio filled with objects, yeah. you couldn't get an idea? I couldn't. So I shared it with Royal. I was like, I can't <laughs> think of anything. He's like, well, maybe you're not coming from an honest place with it. Ooh. Because that honest place is where the clear creative vision lies. A week later, <laughs> there he goes. Ah! Yep. <laughs> a week later, Once in I... Once a while, I drop something <laughs> and I have to congratulate myself. A week <laughs> later, it came to me. Right. A week Very later, it came to me, and I and I wrote half the pilot, just to see if I could do it. But it turned into a comedy. It's no longer drama. And maybe and that's, that's your the honest place right. is comedy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially with going back to Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> August tenth. August tenth. And theaters uh, everywhere. And by the you. way, you could see David. You could see the Black Klansman poster on bus boards. Is that right? That's huge. On yeah. billboards, so bill bus board. benches. Bus benches. Nice. Bill, bill benches. When we have flying buses, then it'll be bus boards. But yeah. For now. yeah, 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 yeah. But seeing your name up there was so great. Mm-hmm. It's startling. I'm not a hater. I love to see people make it's it. Startling. Yeah. It is startling, yeah. right? It is. Yeah. I. I that, what does your family think about this? Yeah. I mean, Sorry, I'm getting really they're, excited. They're. Yeah. It's startling for them too. I mean, I think. Um, I've you know I've been doing screenwriting stuff for like 15 years since mm-hmm. like high school. Mm-hmm. You put your you made your bones. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've also read a lot of interviews with screenwriters who have had something good happen to them, and I feel like the thing that maybe sometimes they mention it, but usually they don't, and kind of always frustrated me. None of them were like none of them communicated how insane it was that mm. it actually happened. Right. So I just wanted to communicate. This is insane. This wasn't like, it's not like, yeah, all right, yeah, this just happened. That's that's cool. No, right. like it's it's crazy. Yeah, that it happened. Yeah, like it's funny. I hear ten years is around the time where things should start happening for people. If you're working consistently for ten years. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of that whole idea of mastery and ten thousand hours and all, right. which I'm sure you put in way more than ten thousand hours. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'd be I'd be afraid to calculate it. I can do the math on that later if you want. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Crunch the numbers. Let's go. Yeah, so your family was just blown away. Your peeps that you went to school with, have you been getting a lot of messages from people you haven't heard from in years? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, people mm. are reaching out, which is cool. Um, cool. the premiere uh the the first premiere was in Brooklyn last nice. Monday. Then nice. that's where Spike Lee would uh, bang out his thing. Of yeah, course. That's so badass. Um, right. So Charlie and my Was it packed? It was packed, yes. That's yeah, so it was cool. it was a it was a it was a ticket. Um wow. our families are still on the East Coast, so we were able they were able to go to the premiere, which was cool. And um so there was a red carpet, but like in Cannes, like there was a red carpet, but mm-hmm. like it was the photographers were taking pictures of all the actors, and the only reason we got in any of those photos is Charlie told had had us like stand behind the actors. Mm-hmm. We get into the background, wow. and we just like walked up, and mm-hmm. it was still crazy. But you know, the photographers they don't care about us. Right. I assume that was how it was going to be for the New York premiere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. You stand on the red carpet, and then they they are taking photos of you. Yeah. They are interviewing you, mm-hmm. and so it was great. I was incredibly unprepared for that. And I think the whole you time mean your wardrobe or just in general yeah, everything. <laughs> uh, but you look like a writer. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm a writer, not a wearer. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. And you want fashion? Go elsewhere. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't even be here. I should be home. Right. I should be home writing. <laughs> right. You're wasting my time. I'm doing Spike a favor. 
<laughs> yeah, you call me personally. Your ego just explodes. <laughs> what am I doing, doing here? What am I doing here? <laughs> this is done. I got other things. Yeah. So great. So, so you put your mom and dad up at the Four Seasons? <laughs> they, they actually they sent a car to, to get us in Jersey. Nice. Oh, wow. That was cool. By the way, I have a heart out in five minutes. No problem. No, no I'm, problem. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Well, where can people Caught find me on you? That one. <laughs> where can people find you? I was given it, yeah. By the way, I have another Touché. podcast yeah. that's at a bigger studio. I have anything else to do, so. <laughs> um, are, can you still be our improv coach? Uh, <laughs> um, um, My team's listening. Yeah, I'm just know. kidding. I'm Matt, not putting you on the Matt spot with that. I'm not even going to put that in the podcast. Um, do you want me to cut that you? out? Or? Yeah, cut it out. Um... <laughs> you don't have to answer. I was well, totally well, I'm joking. No, no we'll, 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 we'll talk, though. Because, wait, so have you guys have been having rehearsals? Yes. Okay. We had can, Bart. Can we had Dean. Dean's great. I don't know. Who's we Bart. had, is her name Nicole? God, I'm so sorry. Reddish hair girl, really funny. Nikki, Nicole. Nikki. Is her name Nikki? Yes. Yeah. We yeah. had her. It's great. So, um, that, I mean, yeah, that's great. And coaching has been awesome. Um, <laughs> this is our dear. But. This is our dear John Lennon. Um, <laughs> I get it, dude. So no, no, no. We should talk about schedule. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's fine. Well. So funny though. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It's fun. I want <laughs> to. <laughs> it it has really been a blast coaching though. He's an amazing improv coach. That's awesome. Very observant. Great notes. Yeah, I'd we don't know what we're gonna do without him. It's been a good ride. It was, it, it was a good run. I get it. it. I get it. Hollywood's calling. <laughs> Dude, I'm good either way. Are you kidding? I'm so happy for you. And Black Klansman opens August 10th. August it's 10th. a big fucking deal. Go this movie's it. perfect timing. It was a 70s uh, period piece. 70s, right? Correct. Go see this movie, Huge. you guys. And Spike Lee always does it, man. Yeah. He's like the Black Woody Allen. Yeah. Oh. That hurt. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, so no, he isn't. He captures all kinds of stuff really well. Dark comedy. Yeah. Has a cool East Coast vibe. Nice. And just knows this material inside out. Yeah. For sure. What an amazing I, guy to have do that. Agreed. I mean, yeah, when we found out, we like when we started writing it, we, we joked that Spike Lee was going to direct it. So and then we got, you know, two years later, we got the call. It's crazy. It's God, so fucking so cool. Much. You put it on the universe. That's right. Just you like did that. Yeah. Release the sc- release the rights. Release, the rights. release, release them. the rights. Release the rights. Release the. Do it. I have a quick question about you. You were talking about writing the pilot. Yeah. Um. Do you outline it all, or do you just like go for it? I do. I did a little bit of an outline. Like a very general outline. A general outline, and just like went went in it and see what happened and what came. That's interesting. I wish I could do that. Mike, what about you? Do you outline? I write. I actually write out characters first. Okay. Yeah, I did then a I can, character list. Yeah, for sure. I did a character list, and then I kind of build a setting, mm-hmm. and then I just do. I try to write a paragraph, one act, first act, second act, third act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the the TV show which I want to show you was a bear, and I got the use of an amazing place, anonymous content, and two other co writers and mm-hmm. notes. Were you, you were developing with them, so they were yeah. giving you notes. I uh, had a shopping agreement, but oh wow! Okay. But Steve Gold and I sat in his office twice, and he gave me amazing notes. Good notes. What kind of bear? Is a grizzly? Grizzly well, bear. The kind from um, uh, the Revenant, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only mentioning the oh, Revenant. Oh, that's a monster! <laughs> because anonymous content was part of the Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that uh, synergy. 
Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming in. Th- coming in. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. <laughs> no, seriously, really. I Great, mean, good stay on you. Gym. So, <laughs> uh, where can people find you? Oh, um, Pack Theater Monday Pack nights. Theater, yeah, I'm not. Mama Bird. I'm not online. That You're not much. online. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is I, impressive. Maybe also, I should yeah. be. I don't know. I've been getting a little bit of pressure. Uh, I, I think you're in a position that you can get a social media assistant. Yeah. <laughs> then they get drunk so. and they fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't piss them off. They forget to log out of that and they put the drunken story right. in there. And I, I think they're trying to start G. their own union. Uh, so joking. Wh- oh. <laughs> Local M- 69. It. I don't know. Something <laughs> weird. Good one. Like <laughs> If I was giving you notes on that one, I'd be like, yeah. you think it's good? Yeah. yeah. Go Is that a pilot? <laughs> Social media <laughs> assistant. That's actually a thing. That's actually No, I know. Job. It's crazy. Yeah. It yeah. is. And you know what? By the way. Making like a hundred grand a year doing that shit. Yeah. No, they're really big, especially if you're an influencer, these words. Yeah. yeah. Um, my <sighs> co-writer, and who's also a director at Anonymous Content, does hardly any social media. He's very happy about it. He's got maybe a thousand followers on Instagram. He does some pictures, but he's doing very, you can do just fine without being on social media. Yeah. As a writer, they're not going to ask you how many followers you have. As an actor, actor, as a musician, as a comedian, they will ask you, but they don't care how many followers you are. Dude, they, they adapt books of unknown authors. Right. So you can uh, look into number one son and other stories because I'm a relatively unknown you like that horrific? That was such an odd sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you do that? Like, uh, well, uh, talking about people in my head. That's uh, <laughs> that's my pitch guy, who's an intimidating ex mafia like dude. I like that character. Yeah, too shy. But by the way, Mike is a. Have you, have you seen him improvise ever? No. He's I, a really I good saw improviser. Him at his book Thank you. There was some improvising there. There was some improvising. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Thank you, David. He's um, Mike is he's a he's a very good actor. Actually, yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of underrated in improv. A lot of people, they're kind of um, thank you. They, they they might be good at you know, I don't know, uh, game or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, they don't necessarily commit mm-hmm. to it. And um, and yeah, Mike is is very good at committing and doing nice. characters and details. Um, yes, that uh, I have a thing for. These yeah. names and locations pop yeah. into my head willy right. nilly. Which is like so important for improv. Thank you, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, so um, it's been it's been a really it's a pleasure that you were able to coach our team at one point. <laughs> but no, going to drive to the Long Beach Bridge after this. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't jump. <laughs> David, do you think if do you think if Catholics invented guilt, the Jews perfected it? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let me get back to you. I like. I, I need like some that. time with this one. <laughs> I need to sit with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, congrats. Yeah, it's congratulations. This is great. And thank you for coming in. Do you have any inspirational words for our listeners? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, uh, not, not inspirational. I think just um, uh, practical, mm. which is um, if you want to write, uh, just write. Quantity leads to quality. And show your work early and often to people, and embrace their feedback. Um, mm. And that's it. If you're if you're listening at home, you stuff. should rewind 15 seconds back and rehear that because that is the truth. Let it be your mantra. 
Yeah. Put on the background of your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Use that shit for a lock screen. Use it for a ringtone. Yeah. Yeah. And hear it 27 times a day. Use it for your messenger tone. This is David Rabinowitz. God damn you. Now you're my codependent. Now you're yeah. codependent. That's a mom <laughs> that never existed. Manager. Wow. Codependent uh, mom manager. Yeah. That oh, wow. follows her son from New York mm-hmm. and is managing him and somehow gets into the doors of Paramount and all these places. Do we like this one? Put the word stage between mom and manager and you've got. You've oh, it's got already happening. God damn it. I got to think of something else. Back to the fly. Wait, what, what do you mean it's already happening? No, it's not happening. It's, it's stage moms are happening. Yeah. Those are fiercely codependent and they're the worst. people. True. Hence, an opiate addict at 14 whose mother yeah. drove him into doing a Gordon's fish stick commercial. <laughs> we need to fish finish up. Fish sticks. <laughs> Where do those even go? You know what I mean? I know we got to wrap this up, but... But I what haven't part seen of the a fish? fish stick since like elementary school lunch. But what part of the fish is a stick? Uh, I don't even yeah. want to know. I think it's like a mixture. Like you know how like imitation crab is purely just imitation. Well, that's why the hence the word. I think that's the same thing with the fish sticks. That if imitation that stick fish is imitation fish, where it's just like the you know the the scraps and the guts right. and all that stuff, and then call it a fish stick. Couldn't they? Couldn't they defry this it? This has got to be Americana stuff. Anyways, Black Klansman. August 10th. August 10th. Go I will check be it seeing out. it when it opens. Matinee if I'm not working that day. Mm-hmm. I have to see this. Yeah. It looks it looks just really fun I have and a, funny. I have a shoot on the 10th, but I will go the 11th. I appreciate that. I'll see if I can wait. Yeah. Thanks again for coming, dude. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks for having me. And we out.